hey, like, does anyone have access to RFK? Because I wanted to take some cute, like, Instagram influencer type photos in the stadium. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and they said, no, it is officially condemned. No one is allowed inside of it. <laughs> For those people who are listening out there in the BAM Army, welcome to our episode. We haven't done our official introduction yet, but I wanted to bring up something pretty awesome that happened today. Uh, So there's a place in Columbus. You're all listening to this mostly from Columbus, but if you're not, a little edumacation. A place called Hot Chicken Takeover. They do Nashville-style chicken. It's... uh, it, so it, it warms it warms the deep the deep deep recesses of my soul and it just it's it, it's it's amazing and their their mission and everything it's a whole nother podcast but you could you could read up about all the great things they do for the community for people who are trying to get back on their feet hot chicken takeover is amazing well during all these um i'm gonna coin the phrase i don't think anyone said it unprecedented times Ooh, good one good i know one. thank you <laughs> thank you wow. i I um I haven't heard it yet, so I thought maybe we should switch up the the, the verbiage out there. Um, they've been closed for probably like, what past month and a half at least. Yeah, a couple months I think. It's it's yeah. been brutal. So I have to I have to call out you first, Brian, because I texted you this morning, half jokingly, like it's probably like sixty forty jokingly, because you live near downtown in Clintonville. Mm. It's not like it's a it's not a, a long trek, but it's not short either. It's like a good maybe 20 minutes or so on the, getting off the highway, finding the getting off the highway, driving through the neighborhoods and stuff, getting to Hot Chicken right. Takeover. And then you would then have to drive from Clintonville all the way over to Patascala. And for folks who don't know anything about Patascala, it sounds as rural as the name suggests. <laughs> like <God's> it's, <laughs> we're, I'm on the border of God's country. Like I... I'm surprised I don't see like a hell is real sign out here because that's where I feel like I'm right on the edge of. So whenever Bryant, uh, whenever I texted him, I was like, he's one, he might not even have his phone with him because he goes on your, your phone fast, which I'm jealous of. I don't say that in a demeaning way. I'm extremely jealous that you can just shut it off. Uh, I thought, well, he's probably not going to see it. Whatever. He's taking the day off with his wife. He's going to enjoy it. Hot damn. You came through, Brian. You you brought me some hot chicken takeover. Oh my gosh, it was it was that little slice of normalcy, and we kept within uh, Governor Dewine's rules. We had a gathering of less than ten people. We had a very socially distanced, clean, safe lunch together. And uh, man, that that was even better than the hot chicken takeover. So I need to thank you first for you and your wife being so great, and then second um, for the amazing food. Yeah. I mean that seriously. I, we joke around a lot, but it was, it meant a lot. All the all the credit really goes out to Alyssa because she's really the, she's the brains behind this operation. Oh, as dude, you and I know, she she did the driving. Sure. So, you know, and you sent me a picture of Mopre Stadium. Yes, is, like so in the all the positivity, you're like, oh, here's a gut punch. Yeah, it was that was hard driving past it, being like, come on, we're. <laughs> um, and then you responded with the uh, uh, George Michael walking GIF, which is which was just chef kiss perfect. That's but nice. yeah, I mean, obviously the food's delicious. The they were great. 
they had their busiest day of the year, but you couldn't ever oh, they in said the history busiest of their day ever, and which you couldn't tell based on how great. And they're like we said, I can't say enough good things about them. The food was amazing, but yeah, man, just getting to like you know hang out with with our friends like getting to sit we sat all afternoon and we talked and we had a cup of coffee and we ate and you know hung out with with your kids and your kids are cool and just all of that like getting to see people that i you know that i love and care about and like to spend time with in person just did me did me good i think mentally did me good emotionally like because i miss that like we were saying that was the first face-to-face conversation i've had with a friend in a couple months since really since we were at your house you guys house last time right before the st patty's day yeah Um, other than you know people at you know carry out or at kroger i really hadn't had any face-to-face interaction with people so like just getting to hang out and getting to talk and was awesome it really meant yeah. a lot. So thank you guys for for having us and for entertaining us for a few hours there. Oh no, for sure. I mean, like if you put yourself into a certain stream of social media, you'll see that the only people right now are angry people, are frustrated people, are yelling people. Like if that's all you see, you kind of forget some of the humanity. And now, there are great stories out there, stories every day that you can read about. But for every good story, it seems like there are five to ten whack jobs. Right. that get a lot of the attention. So it was nice to see real people. And like you said, people that you love, you care about people that are, you know, part of your family. So that was, that was, was awesome. good. Not, not meaning to get sentimental, but no, that's life. And I'm glad that, you know, a little, a little semblance of normalcy kind of shine through what we're going through right now. Not going through individually, but just overall, everyone's sure. going through their own thing. It just, if you're listening to this, and you're going through something, just know that, you know, we care about you. We uh, we talk about this a lot on the pod, but just stay safe and healthy out there. Um, and hopefully the the rest of this podcast will bring you some some little bit of normalcy, too. Totes. Let's, Let's go ahead it. and do it. Let's jump right in. Welcome to Brian and Me, where we talk about soccer and other things, other podcasty things. Tonight, Brian, we have a very special guest. Like our guests over the last month or two have just kind of knocked it out of the park. Like we had Mike, we brought Mike back last week. Well, we brought him back. He graced us with his presence. Yes. Um, our Twitch feed was a little twitchy actually <laughs> apparently the audio wasn't amazing but um just a little summary mike came on we talked about wrestling we talked about wrestling music we talked about all the vinyl that brian got from his dad so if you do want to uh, fight your way through the the glitchiness that was two-thirds of the auto audio on that video feel free to take a look but um then we had jordan angeli on voice one of the voices of crew 96 of the, the the broadcast, she was actually on our podcast, believe it or not. If you're listening to this and you haven't heard the Jordan Angeli interview, come on. You're missing out. It's great. It was great. She was awesome. She was great. And tonight, we have an equally as awesome guest, Cheyenne Foster. You might know her from the internets as Between Clean Sheets. We talked to her about all of her hashtag content and also the RFK Stadium Raccoons. So we got all of our bases covered, although this is not... A baseball podcast. We'll also talk about real soccer, 
real, wow. honest to God, not replay soccer wow. that happened in the Bundesliga. Yeah. We're going to talk about, yeah, we're going to talk about that and also our allegiances and how we chose those allegiances. Because Brighton, Brighton me, we're, we're team guys. We pick teams. Our, we, we, our hearts need to connect to specific teams. And, and gosh darn it, we did. And we'll tell you how that happened. We may also talk about a certain apology from a certain Korean soccer league involving certain sex dolls. But first, but first, we had live soccer this past weekend, didn't we, Brian? We sure did. Man, it was it mm. was like manna from heaven. Just oh. I you saw my setup. I, I had the setup in the backyard. Had the, had, the t- had the TV set up. We smoked some. We smoked meat and all kind of crazy stuff. What What did you smoke? It we, was as uh, diverse as the matches. We smoked some ribs. We smoked. Uh, we had some chicken breasts in the fridge that needed to be cooked. So we just threw some seasoning on and threw them in. <laughs> um, we had some sausages that we got from a local uh, local grocery store here, local local place. Um, we had some. Uh, we made jalapeno poppers. You know, like cut the jalapenos in half with cheese and cream cheese wrapped them in bacon oh it was it was delightful um but yeah i i sat up in the posted up in the backyard you saw on, on our twitter i'm sure with with the smoker i had the tv set up i with the roku i had uh bundesliga on pretty much all day um yeah. just hanging out in the backyard consuming uh started with coffee and had some beer and man it was a good time uh, some more beer and i i almost came over if i didn't have other plans i've been doing some interviews for the massive report you invited me over god it was uh, it was hard not to cancel everything and drive right over <laughs> and socially distance and hang out and get some of that oh that's sweet beautiful but smoked man, meats it was but, live irrelevant uh, european soccer no knock on no knock on the korean league hey we've we've yeah. Well, I haven't watched any of it, but I know you would watch a little bit of the Korean League. You had to find those like dodgy kind of streams <laughs> online on some, you know, Russian, weird Russian site. Yeah. You know, I, being careful, I, like what pop ups you got, because hey, you, you don't know what you're going to get linked to. Um, if you need a really good dentist in Siberia, let me know. I got him. I got him for you. <laughs> da, comrade. Um, so. We are, like you said, both team guys, so we both decided that we had to pick. We we had no prior Bundesliga, you know, allegiances no. prior to, so we had decided, all right, we both, when we find a sport we like, we have to have a rooting interest. So we decided, all right, yes. we are both going to pick teams, and that is going to be our Bundesliga teams that we will. And we're care- sticking with them. Oh, absolutely. That we'll care a lot about right now, and then as soon as the Premier League teams, as soon as the Premier League starts, no. we'll probably throw them in the back. On the back. No, that's not <laughs> fair. I, honestly, Brian, I think I, I'll share mine in a minute. I, I, I think I found something. I think this might even replace an American team for me. Not soccer. No, not the crew. No, it might replace other interests sporting. So continue. So um, I guess I can kind of start with with where I went. So in the research I did, um, I think it's well documented. My. Um, European soccer allegiance is currently to Tottenham, and um, if there's you say one... currently, is this in flux? Are you wondering? Are you no, considering sorry. switch? He's this, wearing I'm, a Tottenham I'm, kit I'm, right now, folks. Uh, yeah. I'm saying 
so he's not he's not jumping off that um i wouldn't call it a bandwagon but, um. poor choice of words there yeah um so <laughs> tottenham as most as you guys know that have listened to the pod for a long time my, my relationship with tottenham is one where tottenham is just good enough to give me expectations that they could do well but they always just seem to dash my hopes at you know, the most opportune times so my thought was let's stay on brand Who's the Tottenham of the of the Bundesliga? So, in the and research, Saturday we found out. It's that you know. So I did some research. Also, also shout out to Endeavor Brewing, who hopefully will be back soon. There is actually a, a group that meets that supports this team. So, uh, at at Endeavor that I've had some interaction with, nice guys, because um, there's like two of them. Um, so I'm like, okay, who's the Tottenham of the Bundesliga? And I settled on Schalke. Schalke is. You know, they're they're a good side, right? They're a top, you know, top level. They'll qualify for Champions League now and then. Like they're they're a good side in the Bundesliga. Yeah. But they're just good enough that you care and that you're invested and that you really want them to do well. But you know, they're not gonna win you a trophy. Like they're they're gonna yeah. disappoint they're gonna find some way to disappoint you. And and did they ever to start my Schalke fandom? Um in a, you know, as we would uh, referred to in our Premier League parlance, if you will, a derby, a derby match against uh, against first match of the returning Bundesliga was a derby match. By the way, not against... a, not a bad way to schedule it. Yeah, I was excited. I was like, man, you know, I don't really care for Dortmund anyway. Spurs yeah. seem to get them in the Champions League like every other year that we've been in. So we've played. I've seen a lot of Dortmund lately. So I was like, okay. Plus, they're kind of a popular. There, there are a lot of people's like second team because it's kind of a cool hip team to follow. Yeah. So I was like, all right, it's a, it's a derby match, it's a rivalry game. Come on, Schalke, we got this. And they proceed to just go out and completely lay an egg, and oh. lost, lost four nil. Um, I actually stopped the, had to stop the game for a while because I had an appointment with my therapist. Mm-hmm. And I was. But it was all Schalke related. I don't know that I've ever been more grateful to have a uh, an appointment with my therapist. And we, uh, you know, it was. I had plenty of time to talk about why, um, why my self loathing is such that I would choose a team that's going to do that to me. Um, that was definitely a topic of conversation in my uh, my therapy session. Oh, uh, you know, ended four nil. I mean, you had what uh, Hogland or Holland. Uh, I forget his name, but like they're they're kind of wonderkin. Um, yes. Scored the first goal and the celebration everybody was talking about with like the socially distant celebration where he's kind of doing like like the middle aged dad in the club kind of dance. Like yes. he doesn't know what he's doing; he's kind of moving his shoulders. And by the club, I mean their kids' middle school dance that he's chaperoning. He's just right. kind of moving his shoulders. It was, um, yeah, it was tough. That was tough to watch. So and I feel like we just don't like. I'll talk about my match in a second, but we treat our teams losing very differently. And I feel like I should apologize to you, Bright, because I'm not very like, I'm not as, you know, oh, come here. Come on, lay in, in mama's bosom and I'll, I'll calm you down. I'm more just like, man, look at this. Doesn't this <laughs> suck? <laughs> look at your garbage team over here. <laughs> no, that's, I would expect nothing less from me, Thomas. That's, uh, mm-hmm. If if you were uh, if you were really nice to me about it and really sweet to me, I would think something is wrong. Uh, so <laughs> I appreciate nothing but the antagonism that that sports can uh, bring out in both of us. 
Yeah. Uh, no, what were you saying? I interrupted you. I'm so sorry. I, I was just going to move on. So you you chose a team as well. Yeah, I chose... Um, you talked about choosing a team that's similar to the team that you've picked right now, uh, that you follow in Europe right now. We all have, like, our MLS interest is obviously the crew. We're crew fans through and through. But our European allegiances, it's pretty much just been one team. Same for me. Like, I, I don't watch any Serie A. I don't watch any Bundesliga. Because me, I'm like... I'm a very big team person. Like if I don't have a team, it's hard for me to just watch any any kind of soccer. So I threw it out there on the Twitters. What team should I pick? And I threw out um, Dortmund because they were yellow and black and also Jurgen Klopp played for them. I threw out Bayern Munich because sometimes you just want to pick a team that wins sure. all the time, like eight times in a row winning the Bundesliga. And I threw out Hertha Berlin because, um, or Hoffenheim, pardon me, because my boy Bobby Firmino used to play for them prior to coming to Liverpool. And then I put in other. And a lot of crew fans are Dortmund fans. So, like, whenever they do watch, because you have the black and yellow connection, you have that. Um, uh, Our friend, Rich Uncle Skeleton, uh, Evan Lind, he wanted me to pick FC uh, Cologne or Köln, depending on what um, language you're speaking in. And the GOAT. I wasn't too fond on the goat adage, but that a, a dear friend of mine, fellow Liverpool supporter, Pete Gillette, he walked through, uh, he always shared a story with me Good guy. about the team called, great guy, FC Union Berlin. So this is a team that I, I did not know was newly promoted. He gave me the story, and here are a few different, at, like, not anecdotes, these are real life things that have happened. This team started from hardworking people, who uh, in Berlin after, well, actually back in 1966 is kind of when the current formation of the team started. And at that time, 1966 in, in East Germany, in Berlin, <laughs> the east side of Berlin, <laughs> yeah, not the best place in the world probably, uh, but they had a team that was run by the military. They had a team that was run by the secret police pretty much. And then they had a team that was started by the people. And FC Union Berlin was started by the people of Berlin. This was their club. They like were it. they they called themselves. Uh, I, I'm not going to say the German workers. I'll mess it up. But it meant the sons of iron workers, the sons of workers, wow. and that's what they started off as. And over the years, oh my gosh, hearing the stories, like they've almost lost their licensing, they've almost lost their club, they've almost gone bankrupt. At one point, this team gave their own blood. The fans donated blood to Berlin hospitals, got the money, and gave it to the club. That's awesome. They had this whole thing. It was called Bleed for Berlin, where they paid for their own club's license by donating their blood. When they needed a stadium renovation to make it into kind of the German soccer league, they had to renovate their own stadium. And you had doctors, bankers, businessmen coming to the stadium and rebuilding the stadium on their own. Like, they they built the stadium... They built the team up. And man, when I heard these stories, like I got goosebumps just talking about it. Pete told me about it. Like after reading the story and I talked to Pete for like a couple minutes, I was like, oh man, this is, this is right up my alley. Like when they made it to the Bundesliga this year, their team, they had over 450 posters in the crowd. Every fan who had died before they made it to 
the wow. Bundesliga, the top division, they had a poster of their family members. So there's family. Like the first match at home, they showed these these posters of all their family members. And it's just like, oh, in the stadium they built in the team that they give their blood for. Cool. And I was like, oh my God, how can you, how can you not root for them? So far this year, they've beaten at home Borussia Dortmund three to one at home. Nice. Uh, Borussia Mountain Gladbach, they beat them at home. <laughs> so they have beaten like, they've been giant killers. So AKA this week, the team I should have chosen. What? <laughs> AKA the team I should have chosen. But we we play, and I say we because I'm like, I mean, we we bought kits already. Peter saying, and I bought, bought a, kits. you bought a kit. <laughs> You're I in. Have a, I have an FC Union Berlin kit coming my way uh, from Germany. I haven't signed up for the newsletter, but it's in it's in German. I have no idea what it's. Saying. You need to learn I, German so that you can translate it now. I need to learn German so I can unsubscribe because I don't know how to <laughs> You don't know which button means unsubscribe. <laughs> Googling, Googling unsubscribe in German. <laughs> oh, so, but outside of that, so I watched the game on Sunday and I was like, it was like not, it was almost like watching a Liverpool match. If Liverpool were the 12th, 11th place in the table and they led the league in fouls and they were just a scrappy kind of like I love that punch it kind of in the teeth club they're not in relegation fight like they're they're in the middle of the table pretty comfortably but they played Bayern Munich first game back at home which kind of sucks because they don't have any home support their stadium is about 70% standing only so their wow. stadium is all about standing it's all like they they have one section of seats and everything else is standing room only. Like they have the safe standing bars. They have like the gates up and stuff. It's it's a twenty thousand person stadium in the Bundesliga. Not very big compared to your you know yellow walls and you know Hertha Berlin playing in the Olympic Stadium. Um, but it's small and scrappy. And my like I was like my God, how can I not pick them? So they played Bayern Munich. Ended up losing two nil. It was a close two nil. It was and the. First, the... The score yeah. doesn't really indicate, I think, the because they scored the last yeah. goal late. Yeah, the, the it was the 80th minute or something. Like, yeah, it was the 80th minute. The first half, uh, Tomas Muller, he scored a goal that was ruled offside, which was offside. He was offside. Right. It was a legit a VAR turnover. And then just a, a bad foul in the box. It was just an ugly, like, it was just, he went to go kick for the ball, and he didn't see the guy coming behind him, and he ran up and kind of got in the guy's, uh, gotten to the the field where he was about to kick, and he it was a penalty all day. So Robert Lewandowski, when he gets up to the to the penalty spot, he's usually he's not going to make this. Yeah, yeah. So in the 40th minute, which kind of sucks going to halftime, you're five minutes away, or stoppage time. It was like nine minutes away from going into the half against the number one team in the league, team who has gone 15 straight without losing, tied nil nil. That's a great That's a place way. to be. Yeah, going into halftime, just that momentum you can get. No, and then the second half, like they had their chances, but just seeing early on, they weren't a team that is gonna like run down your throat and score the score goals on you. They're gonna get their goals from set pieces. They're the best set piece team in the league. They score. I was sharing earlier. The announcers shared that they score a goal from a corner kick every twelve corner kicks, compared to every thirty-seven for Bayern Munich. So they they score their goals from free kicks and um, it was it was rough but it's okay I 
I'm excited for my jersey to come in, and I'm excited for the future. This Friday, 11, team number 11 versus team number 12, the Berlin Derby. Hertha versus FC Union. That's that's going to be great. Friday at FS2 at 2.30. I'm, I'm there. I'm watching it. Real quick, can we just talk about how how compared to NBC, how pretty pathetic the Bundesliga coverage is compared to NBC? Uh, I'm, I mean, I think there's a reason for it. But share what what did you kind of notice? Just, what did you not the, notice? Like, I should say NBC has got the they've got the studio set up and they've got the halftime set up and they they've got experts on. You know, Rebecca Rebecca Lowe is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Kyle Martino, Columbus Crew. Columbus crew legend Kyle Martino is uh <laughs> is, is that diminishes there. I think legend of others. He was he was the rookie of the year. He did great for the club he was there, but let's not go legend, okay? That's like you have Guillermo <laughs> and Brian McBride like kind of feeling I, uncomfortable when you say Kyle Martino is a club legend. I know. I just it's him shaving that beard was was really disappointing. Um Samson. But it's you know it's just great like their coverage is fantastic like they understand the american premier league culture they do the live you know on location stuff and they they do a really great job with the sport whereas bundesliga had like none of that and i think i know uh, where you're going with the reasoning behind it because they're losing the license after this season and it's going to espn yeah fox is losing it yeah they go ahead sorry but just, I think ESPN hopefully will do a much better job because I'd like to continue watching it because it's a, it is an exciting brand of soccer. Like their yeah. Bundesliga is very like it's more so than the Premier League. I think more up tempo, more scoring. Um, but man, that coverage is bad. Like it's not great. Yeah. It was not. It was not good. It wasn't bad. And like once the match started, yeah, you I mean, had good. Fine. You know. The commentary was great. It's just sure. the English language commentary that Bundesliga has. Like they just Fox plugged into a feed and they got some ratings. Although the ratings, I'm seeing early numbers and it was amazing. Apparently, they've had amazing numbers from these matchups over the weekend. Like it was, Mark. it was great for them. But no, they're losing it to ESPN. I think that they're just okay. Let's let's get some programming on TV. They're not yeah. doing any pregame show. Like they used no. to have a show with like. Uh, uh, with Rob Stone on there, you had a show where you brought in uh, Stuart Holden. Alexi Lawless did some stuff. They used to have their own Fox people do the commentary for the matches, like they do them from California or wherever, the, likely California, where they're doing them. But then it was just like, okay, we're going to start the, we're going to show an old NASCAR race until ten minutes before the match starts. Say, it was like NASCAR. Gonna... It was like a NASCAR rerun or something leading oh, into nothing, it. I'm, nothing I'm like... more exciting than not. Not watching cars go around a track, but watching a repeat of cars going around a track. <laughs> damn, they made they, damn they made a left turn again. <laughs> but ten minutes before the match, they cut into the English announcers and they're talking about, you know, this. They give you some insight, but it's not the same as having an an hour long, half hour long pregame show. But I, hopefully, like with ESPN, like you said, Serie A. They play all the matches on ESPN Plus, but that's great. I have not seen much in terms of like a pregame show. To be honest, though, I don't watch Syria, so I I could be doing them an injustice. But Bundesliga is something where they can play it on 
an ESPN or an ESPN two, and they can do it. Although it does butt up against football season, which ESPN will be tough to fight with, but hopefully they'd have some kind of pregame show, some sort of production. Cause right now, yeah, it's just not cutting it. Well, ESPN but, could, could really focus on the amount of Americans in the Bundesliga compared to Serie A. Yeah, there's so true. many young, exciting American players that are playing in the Bundesliga right now. So, that's a that's a focus for them. I think that that's a hook that they can try and get, as we'll talk about here in a little bit, with uh, with Cheyenne, get those people who you know I don't like M- I don't watch a ton of MLS, but I watch a ton of the U.S. national team. I only watch the Premier League or I only watch you know. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, the Bundesliga. Yeah, you may not watch the Bundesliga, but let's see how these young American players who play on your national team are going to develop. That's a yeah. hook. And even if they're like they're just young players that came from MLS, like yeah. you're getting, you can get people like the Alfonso Davies. He was in the match against FC Union Berlin the other on Sunday against. He's with Bayern Munich, but like you have you have the McKinneys out there who That's are playing cool. too. Like you, you have these guys that are going to be playing on the U.S. national team whenever that might start up again. But yeah, it's. Um, I'm just glad to have it back, even though yeah. the stadiums are empty, which is kind of weird. You hear a lot more talking on the pitch, which is. Which is good. I think it gives an appreciation to how much communication they really do and how hard it is probably for them to do it when sure. you're in a, a stadium of 70, 80,000 for some of these big stadiums, screaming fans and hearing it um, kind of pin drop quiet. Um, I, I'm interested to see if some teams try to maybe circumvent that, maybe get some crowd noise. After this interview, we're going to talk about one way a team did it in Korea that might not be <laughs> so ideal. But anyway, let's 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 cut the, the talk here because we want to bring Cheyenne Foster in between clean sheets. She has a ton to share about not just her journey through soccer, but um, everything that she's done to protect the reputation of Chris Wondolowski. Uh, what she's <laughs> how politics has brought her into the life of a one Landon Donovan. And how she does not have um, as strong of a relationship with the RFK raccoons as you would think. So, without further ado, we're going to bring Cheyenne into the pod. Boom. Hey folks, we're pumped to have someone who has a love for soccer and soccer-related content. Cheyenne Foster is with us, but you might know her better as Between Clean Sheets, who is uh, a great purveyor of soccer content on the World Wide Web. You've seen her probably on Instagram, on Twitter. She has her own YouTube channel with hundreds of followers, hundreds of followers. She creates videos about her travels involving the game of football, soccer, football, football, whatever you want to call it. She does it. She focuses on Major League Soccer, U.S. national teams, and her favorite club, D.C. United. So... First things first, Cheyenne, you better treat Frederico Iguain with love and respect because he deserves all of it. He's the maestro field general. He's a part of the 50-50 club, and he's a legend. So you better treat him right because um, I severely miss him, and he can't even play for another three months, I think, because he's injured. Also, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for all of that. I was just thinking about he's one of several players on my mind that I think, you know what, you picked – the most perfect time to have an injury. Um, yeah. Iguain yeah. and Paul Ariola. I mean, I thought Zach Steffen in the Bundesliga would have some more time, but unfortunately that's back up and running. Well, fortunately, but unfortunately for him. Um, yeah. Joseph Martinez. I mean, he's got all the time in the world now. So. Yeah. It's like a little bit of a silver lining in a, 
not so fun time, an unprecedented time. As I just that came to my head, I just kind of thought of it um, right. randomly. Yeah, I'm all about silver linings. So uh, I f- I feel like, um, save for all of those articles you read about a proposed timeline for return, because those things kind of piss me off. But everything <laughs> else, I'm like the good news. Keep it coming. People doing zooms from their homes and uh, any kind yeah. of like positive vibes you can bring I'm all for it so yeah and Fred Rico he just did recently did a QA and a um, for the DC United um, online content and we we asked a question but I don't know if he answered it I didn't end up watching it it was too painful to listen to him <laughs> talk especially wearing black and red I, I we basically asked him please come back it wasn't a question more of a, a plea than anything but um uh, so hopefully with this time away he can recover from the injury and there are, that's a whole story you could probably unpack on a whole nother podcast but that's not why we're here you're why we're here so right um, right this past weekend was a pretty big weekend because we had our first big return of a of a lo- i'm not shooting the k league down okay i'm just saying that we don't have to use any <laughs> kind of like bootleg streams to watch it <laughs> and it's a big european league we had the bundesliga back so how did that feel what did it um kind of elicit from you for like excitement or what were you thinking about this past weekend so it's um perfect that it was the bundesliga that came back first because other than major league soccer it is the one league i really pay attention to and oh, nice. I was explaining this to someone over the weekend. They thought, well, don't you watch Premier League? Like, why wouldn't you watch basically any other league that they consider better than MLS? But to me, I went to a women's college with no college football and no camaraderie uh, that I can really cling to the way that I cling to major league soccer. So when I see players from MLS go to the Bundesliga, I just mentioned Zach Steffen, Tyler Adams, um, Alfonso Davies, who I absolutely love. I enjoy watching them because there's context of them playing here in the States. So mm-hmm. I don't, for that reason, I don't have a team. But this weekend, because I didn't have anything else going on, I watched every single game, um, <laughs> which is insane. I don't even do that for MLS, and I consider myself, again, you said the purveyor of all uh, – all goings on in in United States soccer, but yeah, I, whatever it was, I was there for it. I was there for all of it. Yeah, I mean, the, you mentioned like Alfonso Davies. I I watched the match that he was part of with uh, Bayern Munich against FC Union Berlin, and that was it was a fun match. Um, and he he kind of got from the internet. It got some shade from the announcers. Now they're using English broadcasters, international announcers. They kind of said, oh, he was a completely unknown product. And then he came over. So I think for MLS fans, that was kind of like a, a turn of the, <laughs> of this. The, it right. was a little bit of a dig to like, but to think of it, like bringing him up, you say he was your favorite. He was just in what, Vancouver two, three mm-hmm. years ago. He went from minor, he was in USL, played a year in MLS. And now he's playing in Bayern Munich, not just yeah. playing, starting for Bayern Munich. One of the well, biggest clubs in the world. Right. Yeah. He actually scored the first goal at Audi Field. Um, mm. And I, I'll never forget it because it, it's crazy when you think of going from the Whitecaps to Bayern Munich. The team at that point, I don't think Vancouver did very well. I pay a little less attention to the Western Conference and 2018 was an election year, so it was very difficult. But I remember flying out from the West 
to watch that first game and they DC crushed them three to one. But the last goal in I think the last five minutes of the game mm-hmm. was Alfonso Davies saying, you know what, screw it. I think he dribbled through all of the, the defenders and then scored and just walked <laughs> away. <laughs> I thought, He's like, I'm getting well, something out of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. But oh, that's great. I'm so glad for him. I'm so and I will say, yeah, the announcers could have done could have done better with that. I think they probably don't think about MLS at all, but the part with oh, yeah. it that I couldn't kind of speak up for was um, he's Canadian. So like, I want to claim him for my own, but I'll never get to see him play for the U.S. men's team. So, Yeah, and, then, and it, he also has – he's from Ghana. So like did he pick Canada because he thought he would get an international career? Or if he waited, he could have played for – a team competing in the Africa Cup of Nations, competing potentially in a World Cup. I would say they're, and they're now he's kind of consistent stuck World with, Cup team, yeah. yeah. Yeah, kind of stuck now with not being stuck with Canada. No offense to any Canadian listeners or, or oh, huge offense. Canadian following. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's no way from Canada listening to this, so forget you. Um, no, they. Uh, he probably kind of wish he could hold out because now he doesn't have the choice of international clubs. Now he's just, I'm Canadian. Here's how it's gonna go. But right. anyway, we could we could wax poetically about him all day. I love the sorting hat, by the way. If you haven't seen online, there's a great comparison <laughs> to Alfonso and the sorting hat from Harry Potter. And I'll just leave it at that. I'll let your imagination run wild. You'll have to check out her her socials to see that. Should I pin the tweet? I guess I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty funny. It hasn't quite gotten the uh, the likes I was expecting, though. You should have tagged him. I think that would have been. Oh yeah. Well, now yeah. that, you, now that you've talked about it on this show with our, you know, tens of uh, listeners, it's going to, you're getting it's the It's going to get to him. The, Bri- yeah. the Bryant and me bump, as oh, we yeah. like to yeah. refer to it. Oh, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> it's going out there now. So one thing we like to ask our guests, since we're kind of a soccer podcast, is, you know, every superhero's got their origin story, right? So what's your origin story with the sport? How'd you get involved? How'd you start to love it? And what eventually got you to making like soccer related content? Okay, well, I grew up in Southern California. And I played just about every sport I could um, find. And I think over the years, it kind of whittled its way down to a couple. I still play golf a lot. I stopped playing it competitively kind of halfway through high school. And I played softball longer than I played soccer. But I I had moved from California to Georgia right before my junior year of high school. And the teams um, and the competitiveness was just different between the sports. So where I thought I would kind of be more into softball, I found soccer was was what I was interested in most because I could play on a club team I liked and it also satisfied the kind of adrenaline rush that I was seeking. Golf did not do that. So (laughs) I at that point was uh, kind of had my world rocked a little bit because I was expecting to go to a a school on the west coast or um, not even anticipating playing any sport in college but I, my dad, um, my aunt, his sister, and one of my cousins played as a goalkeeper at Furman, and she was mm. phenomenal. And I think because we had watched her and had heard about her and how well she did, my dad turned to me and said, hey, as you're applying for colleges, is playing soccer something that you want to do? And I thought, 
I'm not really that great. <laughs> but hey, there's D1, D2, and D3. So I picked D3. I took, um, I ended up getting a an academic scholarship to a small women's college in the middle of Georgia, about an hour south of Atlanta. And I thought that it was going to be a great way to stay in shape, um, kind of a, a nice it was, it would allow me the opportunity to continue my hobby of playing soccer. And it ended up being probably one of the most difficult things I've ever done. Um, we had, uh, two winning seasons and two losing seasons in my junior year. I tore my MCL and had to come back from that. And I was never planning to do, um, anything with it after college, but when I graduated, my brother, my older brother, who is a part of resurgence, um, for Atlanta United, when Atlanta did not have a team at that point, except for the Silverbacks, um, bless their heart. But <laughs> I ended up moving to Atlanta very briefly and hanging out with him that summer while I kind of plotted my next move post-graduation. And he was a member of the American Outlaws. Hmm. I had no idea what it was. I think at that point, my only real exposure to soccer fandom had been like the crush I had on David Beckham in middle school. And Same. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Glad I'm so I'm so glad that we're all on the same page there. Um, so I ended up going with him to a very popular soccer bar in Atlanta called Brew House, and we'd watch some games. And at that point, I think he was on some Southampton kick for the Premier League. Um, <laughs> you know, soccer hipster. Josie Altador was there. <laughs> I mean, he was there for a minute. I could see the the a minute, yeah. a minute. Yeah, okay. Then that all makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Well, I ended up going to a um, U.S. men's friendly in Jacksonville, which was pretty close. Mm-hmm. And from there, kind of uh, enjoyed the rowdiness and enjoyed the group of guys that we, that he, friends of his, and that we had kind of created this fun little group for ourselves. And th- all of those guys are now a part of this MLS fantasy league that I've been in for almost five years now. Um mm-hmm. But from there, I ended up going to Columbus for, I, I believe in 2012, it was the USA-Jamaica game where they won 1-0. And I thought, oh, this is, this is awesome. I like this. And it wasn't so overwhelming because, you know, it's that like quintessential American stadium, a little bit run down, just a massive parking lot with a bunch of like mm-hmm. trucks that are tailgating. Um, and the following year was when I did USA-Mexico, and it was a dosa cero. So, mm-hmm. and that was leading up to the World Cup, and I thought, okay, this is awesome, but it's only happening like every year, every couple of months that that even a friendly is happening. So, once I realized, and by then I had moved to DC in 2013, and once I realized there was a team in my own backyard, mm-hmm. I thought, well, let's go, let's go see what it's all about. Um, and RFK is just um, a beast, a majestic beast. Mm-hmm. And it felt very um, tangible. The team was just, everything felt super accessible. It felt like my own. I didn't feel like I was um, forced into kind of subscribing to something I, I wasn't fully sure of yet. Um, mm-hmm. I could show up to games, enjoy it for two hours and walk away. Or I could go and tailgate for four or five hours, go to the game and hang out with people after so once I, once I realized that um, a supporter section, which at that time at RFK was like an entire sideline, 
Mm-hmm. Once I realized that that season ticket was like 500 bucks a year, I thought, oh, heck, like, let's go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been a season ticket holder ever since. So I had at that point, to bring it to why I now make content and why Between Clean Sheets exists, I played probably four or five times a week on different co-ed soccer teams. Um, A couple that I paid the dues for, but others, they were just so desperate for girls that could play um, (laughs) that they'd say, well, wave your fees, just come bring your cleats, like Sunday (laughs) night, let's go. Um, So I was hanging out with all these guys who would, would always talk about whatever bar they were going to Saturday or Sunday morning to watch Premier League. And I said, well, hey, do you want to go? rfk with me dc united's hosting such and such and they'd say like oh i don't like mls isn't my thing and i think okay but there are a ton of like u.s men's national team players who you love watching every four years who are actually coming this saturday with their club team um you get super jazzed about the world cup and these mls is basically not so much at that point i think jürgen klinsman wished usa was germany but um uh, there, there are guys that are coming from MLS to the U.S. men's team, and that's where a majority of those players are coming from. So I thought, if you care about the U.S. men's team, you should care about MLS. If you want it to get better, you should care about MLS. If you want to like get hammered and enjoy live soccer for cheap, you should care about MLS. <laughs> that's, that's what drew me into MLS. <laughs> right, right. Well, and so I, every week I started telling these guys that I was playing with, I would just say, okay, so the game is Saturday at seven. Here's what you need to know. Here's the context in order for you to enjoy it more. And I'd say Clint Dempsey plays with Seattle Sounders, and this is how long he's played for um, mm-hmm. for the the Sounders for. And this guy's an up and comer, and things like um, I don't know, like n- name any name any young player who who they would not have heard of two mm-hmm. three years before that, and then all of a sudden they've got the guy's name on the back of their U.S. jersey. So I wanted to give my buddies an opportunity to enjoy soccer so that I wasn't going alone. And in the process decided, hey, there's kind of this uh, gap to be filled talking Mm -hmm. about soccer and showing people what it's like to travel to an away game or what it looks like to enjoy that. And I mean, you guys are a lot smarter than I am. I picked video, not podcast. (laughs) And man, it is a, um, it it can be a real bitch, pardon the expression to, um, I mean, you guys research and conceptualize and talk and and edit Mm. to a certain point. But for me, it takes a ton of time and it's not my full-time job. So it's been a slow build. I've seen some more traction as of late and by traction, I mean just engagement with what I'm putting out, but also um, organic friendships and relationships built and more people interested in actually participating in Major League Soccer. And I really, um, it is kind of an adrenaline rush. I feed off off of it and I love making new friends and I love telling people about it to legitimize it. Um, Sure, yeah. And it's, that's basically where I'm at now. I, and the The goal in mind has always been leave politics, my current job, and go do something that I actually love and that doesn't stress me out. Um, But I don't know. We'll see. And uh, I think I have some sort of deadline or mile marker uh, in the World Cup being here in 2026. So for now, I'm just trying to um, 
take all of the thoughts that I have in my brain and put them into video or put them on my various social media platforms. So uh, that's yeah. that's what Between Clean Sheets is. And I <laughs> felt like the uh, the name in and of itself was pretty witty. So I rested on that laurel yes. for about three years. Um, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> no, now you I'm gotta, gotta set wait. my game up. <laughs> Yeah, because I was explaining to my, my daughter asked me because I was like, oh, I'm doing an interview tonight on the podcast. I have an eight year old. And I was and she was like, oh, I forget what her response was like. No, it makes sense. It's a clean sheet is, you know, I was explaining the rules of soccer. And then between yeah. the sheets, between clean sheets, I thought it was I thought it was a great name, like seeing that name. And that's where kind of we ran into you first was just seeing the name of your your account. Probably somebody had retweeted something you've done. And then we just went through like, wow, this is this is great. Even if they're a DC United fan, this is great <laughs> to kind of see this sort of content. And yeah. we, it's just, I think fans, once they find it, kind of gravitate towards it because there are fans out there. And it's, it's, it's hard because you get lost in the, like you said, the Premier Leagues of the world. Now, Brian and myself, we, we love the Premier League. We're not going to say that of we course, don't. Of course, of course. But yeah. But also there's a place for all of these leagues. And it's not like, oh, no, the Premier League is the best. Like, you can say a league is maybe has the most talented players, but we're not going to completely shun our local team, our local league. I mean, we saw that. Absolutely. You lived in Columbus for a little bit, but over the last few years, Columbus crew has made the news cycle a little bit in soccer over the last few years. But it's, you know. It now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, you have to Google it. Uh, it's called Save the Crew. But we we love the sport. That's what kind of got us into this is just joking around. And yet definitely you picked um, the wrong platform because we did video twice. It did not work out. Your videos work much better than ours. Just don't stream them. Yours are great. Yours are great. It's funny you say that. Cause I'm, I've been editing a video all weekend. It's, it is the most quintessential YouTuber video you can think of just me mm-hmm. trying on stuff I bought from soccer specific websites yeah. Um, jerseys. I bought a jacket, a hat, some stickers, whatever. And I hate looking at my face after about three hours. I'm like, I hate you. Why is your hair like that? Why do you talk like that? Why is your mouth like that? <laughs> and then I thought later this afternoon, I was thinking, what if I just started doing YouTube videos that were a stream of consciousness? No edit, no nothing. I like, didn't worry. And then I thought, oh, wait, that's a podcast. Like, what? What? Why? Yes. Why didn't I just do a podcast? Well, don't step on our territory, okay, <laughs> Shai? I need you to back I up. I won't. I can't. I could never. Oh, I'm just kidding. We're just messing around. We're, the medium is for everybody, obviously. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I will well, say that's what I enjoy about what I do in this hobby because um, the medium is for everybody. All of the women I've met through MLS and who mm-hmm. do stuff like I do, whether it's for a team or as a hobby like me, they are the biggest cheerleaders um, for the content I put out. And at no point, and you don't really experience this in any other realm um, that I've existed in, it, they are always like, we love it. Do more. What can I do to help you? What can I do to promote sure. what you're doing? I absolutely love that you're doing this. Like, let's talk. Let's become friends. Let's hang out. Oh, we're in the same city. Like, let's meet up. And I absolutely love that. So. That's good. And and people love what you're making and can't wait to see what's coming next. Even a stream of consciousness. Bring it on. Bring it on. (laughs) Um, So for those who have not seen your videos yet, so hopefully folks who are listening who have not by now, you've already, you know, run to your favorite social media of choice or YouTube and you found her videos. If they have not seen your videos they're going to find out that you move around a bit. 
So your travel is not just to go visit a stadium, but you have entire life moves for periods oh. of time, just depending. You said you're in politics. Your job brings you to a lot of different areas. You said you're in Ohio for a while. Um, you moved around a little bit, which we're talk about in just a few questions. We have another question about a big one that kind of involves one of your loves of soccer. But um, how does moving around, how has it affected your DC United fandom? You know, it affects me in a number of ways. Sometimes, and I won't say which which uh, cities I go to or stadiums I visit, but sometimes it makes me really, really love DC United and its culture and history, legacy, what have you. And there are other places I go where I think, man, I wish our supporters groups got along better, or <laughs> I wish um, our stadium had a little bit more of this or that, or boy, I wish I lived in a town that made it super easy to do X, Y, and Z before a game. And um, DC is super expensive. And I think is based on just the land that they purchased here alone. I'm pretty sure Audi is one of the more expensive stadiums. Yeah. Um, and I'm fortunate enough to live very, very close to the stadium. I would think about two or three miles. Um, but I, to me, I think... Yeah, but I can't tailgate because I, I would have nowhere to put a car or, or carry my stuff. Or right. So those are some very simple things that I think about. Yes, I have traveled a ton. In 2000, late 2017, I moved out to Kansas City to work for a consulting firm that was based there. And I thought, ball out on the nicest apartment. It's so cheap to live here. You'll go to all these sporting Kansas City games. This will be so great. Um, more so than any other year or any other campaign cycle, I ended up, I think I flew over 130,000 miles um, in the oh, 2018 cycle. And I ended up spending the summer in Wisconsin um, mm -hmm. working on a, a Senate campaign. I, uh, I think I did one weekend where I drove down to Chicago and went to um, the fire hosted Atlanta United and all my fantasy league buddies were there. So I did Richie, that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> um, <laughs> it was, uh, it was interesting. That was an interesting visit, but mm -hmm. unfortunately the campaign didn't make it past the primary. And I was in this, um, weird state kind of, uh, not sure what to do for the rest of the cycle. Cause the primary was in mid August, which is a super late primary. Right. Mm -hmm. And the firm that I was working for already had all their associates kind of assigned to other projects. So, I came back to Kansas City for a week and uh, kind of sat and twiddled my thumbs for a bit and thought, well, this is supposed to be the busiest time of the year. What am I going to do? Interestingly enough, um, we have a consultant who is San Diego based and I grew up in San Diego, hadn't been there in a very long time, um, but he was working on this project in the city where the, a, a, it was a handful of um, very wealthy investors who are all San Diego boys who had this idea to turn Mission Valley where the stadium where the Padres way back used to play and then the Chargers before they left played that's right next to San Diego State. They wanted to revitalize the whole area and were proposing this ballot initiative um, to buy that land from the city and turn it into a, um, I guess I say multi-use 
is maybe the right word to use. Just a um, <laughs> an urban planner's dream uh, to ha- they would have a stadium with the ability to host both San Diego State's football team and a major league soccer team. Um, commercial space, housing, affordable housing, recreational air- like space. Uh, I think they already had a bit of nature there. Um, what else did they have? It was going to be completely privately funded. They would buy the land from the city at fair market value. And you know that a city's government is always in need of money. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how. I think our consultant was just in the network. He had previously worked for the mayor in San Diego and so knew that these guys had this project going on. And they're all from a business side. And then it meshed with the soccer side. Um Landon Donovan and a woman by the name of Carrie Taylor, who actually is the assistant coach uh, to Landon Donovan for the San Diego Loyal now, they joined forces um, because these guys were also going to be investors or owners for this supposed major league soccer team. So it was this weird trifecta of business, politics, soccer, and it was the weirdest call to get from my boss to say, Hey, do you want to go out to San Diego and do this? Because Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, well, I definitely can't YouTube any of this because it's my job and I'll be too busy doing my job, but Holy mackerel, (laughs) this is the coolest (laughs) thing. So I took, I think it was labor day weekend at that point. And I drove my own car out there, took like the long weekend to breathe over the course of this like 24 hour road trip. And I got there and I was not, um, I was one of, I, I came very late to the campaign, so I was not involved in many of the decisions uh, that they were making. I was involved mainly in outreach. So I single-handedly managed a team of 150 or so canvassers, people mm-hmm. making phone calls, knocking on doors, um, being the the bodies at events, making sure we're getting voters information or trying to gauge voter interest and getting out the vote, which as Ohio residents, I'm sure you guys know exactly what that's like every uh, two years, getting people knocking on your door and calling, oh. <laughs> calling your Brian house. Has, I, I've Brian has experience. <laughs> I actually have experience doing it in Florida. So Ooh, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I grew up in North Florida. It's funny. You said you went to Jacksonville, went to a game in Jacksonville. Um, I'm from Gainesville area so like a couple hours south of jacksonville um i still can i consider that north florida anything north of orlando i definitely consider north florida for sure so yeah i've actually i've been a part of a of a campaign knocking on doors and making phone calls and yeah so no i get it i get exactly what you're saying completely yeah and i i i understand the value i think what was so interesting about that entire experience is I came from the political world and the campaign world. So, yes, I worked with um, Landon Donovan and uh, a couple other people involved in the soccer sphere pretty much every day. Mm -hmm. And the campaign office was, I don't know how into MLS like culture you guys are. I I sometimes assume everyone's a nerd and then I'll start talking about something and people say, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) um but do you guys remember that whole like footy mcfooty face debacle yeah didn't it okay it started off with 
Boating McBoat face down in Australia. And then every campaign where you could name something, someone would put a blanky <laughs> McBlank face. And yeah. then it even made its way into the soccer MLS world. Yeah. So you took it back even even farther than I think I remember. I have the, the whole history being. of a blanky McBlank faces. I have the history in my brain. It's It was my thesis. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I believe it. Um, based on how well I know you in our, in our 15 minutes together. Um, no, I, I like they, I think they had enlisted like fan, a fan vote to see <laughs> what a possible team in San Diego should be called. And that always goes well. <laughs> I know they, you know, that stupid anchorman joke is people put that in. And I mean, I, I think Landon Donovan had been involved in it from the beginning. So he was soliciting people's, um, votes or ideas and obviously footy mcfooty face was a suggestion <laughs> and i think it won which i was like this is why we cannot have nice things <laughs> assholes <laughs> um but they ended up going all in on it so i have a handful of t-shirts that i copped from the campaign that have footy mcfooty face on it but they actually had a footy mcfooty face mascot so in the campaign wow. office, there was a giant foot um, in the corner, and I <laughs> joked that it, the whole office was basically like a shrine to Landon because they had jerseys of his, pictures of him. Obviously, when people came to visit, um, they wanted to meet with him, talk to him. He did a lot of their uh, appearances at different campaign events, and they came at it from that side. Like their understanding yeah. of, of campaigns was... Um, if 500 people showed up to an event, it was a success. But in my opinion, I'm like, okay, well, are those 500 people eligible yep. to vote? Are they registered right. to vote? Are they active voters? Like, are they going to show up to the polls? And so at one point toward the end of the campaign, there was talk of Landon actually going out and knocking on doors. And he wanted to knock on like every door in his neighborhood. And I thought, mm -hmm. Okay, that's not a very efficient use of your resources, <laughs> <laughs> sir. <laughs> like, we have a modeled voter, and we have this data here, and we have a program that generates a good list of houses for you to knock on or phone calls for you to make. So, yeah, you might be in your neighborhood, but you may only be knocking on five houses on your street. So it was interesting to kind of um, just be dumped right into that whole project and they were it was really difficult they were up against um san diego state who had their own idea for what to do with the area and mm -hmm. because it was kind of a pr battle from the from the get-go there was no way they were ever going to win when it was san diego state and higher education public education state funded versus something called soccer city yeah. Um, because yeah. for and footy McFoot face, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for <laughs> even for all the things that it provided, and man, I could go through all the ways in which it would have been the most amazing thing to ever happen to San Diego because it was called Soccer City and because voters um, were voting for so many other things on the ballot, and that was kind of at the end of it anyway. It was mm -hmm. just really hard to, to really um, penetrate San Diego. Um, with that information. So yeah. I remember halfway through that campaign being just completely exhausted, loving the experience. But I called my boss and said, 
can I move back to DC after this? <laughs> can I just wow. please get back to DC? And he said, yeah. So I finished up the campaign and I loved Kansas city. It was just, I went out for a job that, um, was specifically for the cycle. So mm-hmm. the idea of, um, doing all of that again, flying that much, living out of a suitcase, living in a hotel. When I was in Wisconsin, I was living in the guest house on the candidate's property. So <laughs> like people say, Oh, I'm like worked to death. I feel like I'm working all the time. I'm like, yeah, but was your boss like in the house next door yelling across the grass like, Cheyenne, did you get my email? <laughs> Sounds horrible. Which, oh, and I, I think I can top it with one more story, although this isn't soccer related. I was the only Brilliant. person on that campaign old enough to drive the RV that they had rented. Oh, um, that's great. <laughs> yeah, so the candidate wanted an RV to travel around the state of Wisconsin And we got it wrapped with his logo and a picture of his family. And it looked so awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. However, when you rent an RV, it's just like a car. You got to be 25 years or older. And I was the only person over the age of 25 on the campaign. So it was actually pretty easy. I I had candidly Uh said, oh, hey, this is the exact same RV my parents have. And I have driven that down the street in my parents' own neighborhood was literally the extent to which I had driven that RV. And they're like, oh, great. Can you drive it? So I drove to 50 of the 72 counties in Wisconsin Wow! in an RV. Um, And it's a a complete bummer because I feel like, not that I would have been able to enjoy it um, while I was there. And I'll definitely go back now that I'm very familiar with uh, Wisconsin. But I want to go to a forward Madison game so badly. Um, I feel like the culture there, uh, Madison as a town in general is really awesome. A lot like Columbus with a huge college town. It's also the capital of the state. Um, I I feel like that would be a very enjoyable experience. So that's on my list. For great great things out to the fans too. Yeah. Any team that reaches out to the fans like they do. I like a team that is not, you know, scheduled posts on Instagram. It's not scheduled posts on Twitter. It's like they, <laughs> yeah. they interact yeah. with people and they're part of their fan base. I, I love that. Their yeah. Twitter content is strong. Yeah. <laughs> well, and to go back to San Diego, um, they now have that USL team. And yeah. I think it obviously isn't what they were expecting. They have um, Landon's coaching, which I know he wanted um, to be involved. And so that's great. And Carrie Taylor, who I mentioned, as the assistant coach and is amazing. Those are two two people that were very heavily involved with Soccer City. I ended up making really great friends, um, one of whom I feel like um, has kind of just jet off into her own world since her name's Brittany. At the time, it was mm-hmm. Brittany Held. She, uh, at that point, I don't think she was engaged yet, but she and Matt Polster, who had played for Chicago Fire, Um, had been dating. He came out for election night and I remember thinking like, Oh bud, you came on the worst day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but they were super sweet. Brittany was so nice. Um, at that point I had told her about my YouTube channel and we were just talking about soccer because she had done sideline reporting for MLS. And from there, uh, off season happened. Matt got traded to the Rangers. They moved to Scotland. She got engaged. They got married. Um, and now she's posting YouTube videos of the things that she's doing out in Scotland. And it is, um, so fun to watch. Cause again, 
above all, I am a YouTuber. I consume so much content on YouTube. So it's been really fun watching her do a lot of the things that I feel like I do, but even better because she's married to a professional player and has access to so much more and also has actually worked for Major League Soccer. So she was a great, a great contact, a a great friend. And I was so glad to have met her to check that out. Yeah. So like in your travels, I mean, obviously you're a DC United supporter, so you're biased there, but who, what are some of the like best experiences you've seen? What are some of the most exciting stadiums, most exciting atmospheres, coolest stadiums? What would you say some of that kind of stuff is as you've traveled? I am so glad you asked. Let's get our, uh, between clean sheets encyclopedia out here. I love the encyclopedia. The Amish oh yeah. Okay. So it, you, no one can see this. So I'll explain. I have a notebook <laughs> where I, again, stream of consciousness that I write down and I have a bunch of stickers on the back and I absolutely love homage. Their t-shirts are so comfy. Um, I feel like any city that has that like town pride, Columbus has it. Cleveland has it of all places. Um, Kansas city, man, they love everyone who's from Kansas city loves being from Kansas city. So um, every time I go to Columbus, I get something from homage uh, and I, I'll put them in a rotation. Once they get a little old, I'll start wearing them to bed and then they go out and I'll just buy more. So <laughs> yeah, so there's a sticker on the back of this notebook. But yes, so I uh, was recently calculating this um, to see where I was at on the list of stadiums I had left to do and some of the trips that I had planned for this year. I've made it to just under half of all the stadiums. Um, None in Canada, unfortunately. I really do want to get up there. But I would say, I mean, it's my most watched video too. And I think it was such an amazing experience going to Minnesota for the Minnesota United game. It was the second or third game they played at Allianz Field. Wow. And DC United just so happened to be playing. So I was like, why the heck not? You know, mm-hmm. um, their stadium was amazing. And I loved the culture that you can tell has existed for a really long time. And they're all in such a good mood, despite it taking Minnesota a little bit to um, be a, a, a competing team. But I loved that experience because from start to finish, it was, um, I was all by myself. I flew out there by myself. I had a number of really uh, strange and unique run-ins. I ended up getting a free ticket to the club level and was in a suite. I met Uh Alexi Lawless. Um, I got to see Wonderwall played for the first time with the fans. Um, Wow. And I stayed in a really, really awesome hotel that was right next to the brand new Viking Stadium. So I felt like it... I felt like Minnesota was really just showing me their best. Yeah. They're like, hey, you're here. This is what we have. And I, I absolutely love it. And Alexi Lawless. Yeah. They showed oh, you yeah. your best and Alexi Lawless. Yes. He's, <laughs> his podcast, I feel like, um, actually, speaking of when you make that joke, he's, uh, he's looking really comfortable doing his, uh, his little Twitter videos as of late. I think quarantine is really just making, it, making itself comfortable with him. <laughs> I, I, no, I think he, I, I think there's been a little bit of a calming. No, I, 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 I know what he does for U.S. soccer, and I sidebar. I know that he's probably really good for U.S. soccer. It's I'm just sure. not yeah. The, everyone has their preferred content, right? And I just, 
I guess I'm not a pot stirrer as much as I mean, when it comes to the, the soccer role, but I, I see the, the positives of Alexi. So let, I know you're listening, Alexi. Um, no, no offense. <laughs> big, no. big fan of big fan of the show. I don't know. When I was there, he asked for my picture, so maybe he does consume oh, my content. There we go. He, he's a fan of. He's a, a fine purveyor, also of soccer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but to add to that, I would say, I mean, Kansas City's stadium is great. I think that their supporters' culture is maybe not my absolute favorite. Mm-hmm. I I don't say I hate to say Atlanta. That's such an easy answer, but. I have to preface all this by saying I haven't been to Bank of California yet. I haven't been to um, Seattle. And I'm trying to think of where else. I haven't been anywhere in Florida. I've, I'm, like I said, still making my way through. But mm-hmm. even though I don't like the Timbers and I have hated them, um, it, you'll love me for this. I have hated <laughs> them ever since the 2015 MLS Cup. Mm. That game didn't happen. I don't remember that ever happening. They right. didn't play it that year. They didn't play the MLS <laughs> Cup that year. <laughs> well, I absolutely love their stadium. I was there before the re- the like renovations and addition that they made. But what I loved about it was um, their supporters and the rest of the stadium and fans all seemed to be on the same page, mm-hmm. which I really appreciated. Um, and it was just such a good vibe everyone was in a good mood what i love about their fans is they have different cheers they have they make their own patches their tifo super creative everything that they do is so creative um and you can tell that they work really really hard on it and from watching my brother and you guys i'm sure can understand this my brother was super into resurgence when Atlanta first started and he and his wife now have um, my little nephew and another on the way. So their involvement has scaled back significantly. But when he first started with their leadership and was getting things off of the ground, it was exhausting just listening to the work that he put in. Yeah. And when I see things like TIFO is a great example. When I see things like that, it's at stadiums. I think, I am so envious and uh, I respect the people that have the time and the passion um, to put in the work that is required to making that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Even for like a mundane Friday or Saturday game, um, not even the playoffs, some, a, a game they know might not even get uh, the viewership that a TIFO like that, would merit they do it for the love of the game and that's Mm -hmm. as much as i don't like the timbers i have to give uh credit to all of them for for showing up in that way all the time they like they design their own scarves they design their own patches just everything stickers they have um man i i could go on the only thing i didn't like about it and this isn't everyone's preference is different but the whole stadium is not this way. I was in the supporter section, but it just reeked of like weed and sweat. <laughs> that's that's wow. I, I feel like I feel, I've never been to Portland, but the people I know that have, I think Portland smells like weed just in general. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, hey, 
teach their own. If it's an expensive kind, oh. I'm like, yeah, that's totally fine. If it's if it's cheap, I'm like, yeah, I can. That <laughs> smells bad. It smells terrible. <laughs> DC has recently uh I don't know if it's fully legalized but decriminalized so I feel like I smell it smell it everywhere so I think Ohio's um, to the medical point right now we're we're a medical yeah everyone's at their at their own level and to bring it back to stadiums I would say the same for for all of the places that I visited I wouldn't put Mm -hmm. any um blanket statement over MLS in general and I think we're for the past what two three years every time people talk about MLS Atlanta is always out there as a standard or Portland or Seattle or LAFC yeah Yeah, and I think you you have a new flavor yeah (laughs) and Miami like they they're this year supposed to be um their breakout if and when the season gets back to normal but I just think you know what I'm just glad I'm just glad people are showing up to a Houston Dynamo game. I'm just glad like Cincinnati has an MLS team, even mm. if they're not performing like a major mm. league team. I'm sorry. You know? you just, I'm sorry. You just cut out there. I'm sorry. We missed, <laughs> we missed a little bit of that. There. CS, what? No, they, they have a really strong USL team. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, honestly, that's what it feels like, but Hey, you know what? All their fans are, gl- are just glad to be there. So I'm, I'm no, happy that, for them for that reason. They're good yeah, folks they're, down there. Yeah, they're Ohioans, you know. Some Kentuckians mixed in there. All right, so you love uh, you love Chris Wondolowski. It's on your profile. Talk oh, about yes. him. He's San, uh, San Jose Earthquake, kind of MLS legend. Um, you probably love him the second most of anybody outside of his mother. So how did that kind of love begin? <laughs> and um, was it awkward for you to after Belgium um, in the World Cup 2014? You know, I need to be very, this is, I feel like the first formal statement I would, will be making about my um, fandom. So I need to be very careful in the way that I word it. Um, First of all, everyone just shut your mouth about 2014. Whoa, 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 whoa. I haven't talked to you since, since that. We just want to get, let it out. I I just want to hear what your emotions, how you felt back then. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So I got first got into uh, the US men's team right after college. So it was right before the World Cup. And I think my introduction to Wando was through those experiences. And I think once I realized I liked his style of play, I thought, well, I want to watch more of it. So I started watching the earthquakes. My brother is probably a bigger fan of his than I am and that's kind of where it came from but what I like about his style of play is he is just a bundle of energy and is doesn't stop moving and is very um I, I was about to say antagonistic but I don't mean it in a um in a way that like bothers refs or uh is detrimental to the game his style of play really gets under defenders in a way that makes you can tell an entire back line feel very unsettled. And I Mm -hmm. love it because his entire story is one that to me feels like quintessential MLS. He didn't get a fantastic scholarship offer to, to, to play in college. He was overlooked by so many scouts, um, at that time, 
he mentioned on BSI, the podcast, Benny Failhaber and Ico Parra and Sal Zizo's podcast that when he first started at MLS, I mean, he had to take extra like side coaching jobs because he was making less money than I think I made at my first job. Um, but because he loved it so much, just kept going and going and going. And to me, because like I mentioned with these guys who have gone on to Bundesliga, I like players um, more than I like teams. I haven't just, I've just enjoyed watching him play mm. because you can watch San Jose just get raked over the coals and still see a good game by Chris Wondolowski. Um, so to me, I think he is just the personification of the perseverance and the grit that you that I feel like anyone who has watched MLS grow over the past couple of years has come to recognize. Mm-hmm. So last year, well, to tell you about the World Cup, I honestly, I here's the thing. I feel like we weren't going to make it much farther anyway. And the whole like coulda, woulda, shoulda, had Landon Donovan been there, maybe it would have happened or had this happened. I yeah. feel like it's almost to blame him would be like to blame Tim Howard for letting goals in. Like there's so much that had to happen for a goal to be scored on a goalkeeper. There's also so much that has to happen for a striker to score a goal. Now, yes, to to look at it and to just play that as a highlight or a (laughs) low light, I guess is so um, infuriating but I think because I, again, like my Twitter bio says, I'm such a Chris Wondolowski apologist. I always want to come to his defense and say, y'all, this is one isolated incident of a larger narrative that the oh, U.S. should just sure. be glad to be there in general. Yeah, absolutely. No, Chris, and he's the leading MLS goal scorer, and he he's going to be remembered for a miss more than he'll be remembered for Right, like tons and tons of goals. Like Steven Gerrard, Premier League fans remember him for slipping than they do leading his hometown team for, you know, <laughs> a decade yeah. plus. Like, yeah. like th- that's just what sports fandom has kind of become. And we ask about it because it isn't joking. But Tim Howard, you know, he had thirteen what thirteen saves in that match. Oh my! So gosh, it's not like yeah. your defense was keeping you in it. The fact that you made it to extra <laughs> yeah. time is pretty. Damn amazing for that, for what right. was going on against well, a team that, you know, against Bel- not a not a slouch by any means. You're playing no. against some pretty big yeah. competition. So I'm not, we ask you just because you do love him so much. And I, I'm glad that um, one negative, right? That doesn't ruin an entire relationship, right? Well, I will say it does if you come from the perspective that all of these guys I played rec soccer with come from Mm -hmm. they don't know chris wondolowski the san jose earthquakes legend they only know chris wondolowski the guy that shouldn't have made the the world cup team and then blew his one chance so the extra time sub who came in and did it (laughs) yeah 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 so i feel like when i am and i have i should I'll, i'll add to that in a second um this whole other story i have about chris wondolowski but when I'm making these videos or talking about MLS or um, talking about these guys you should watch out for, or who you should appreciate, I always think of 
the Chris Wondolowskis, where I think his career, apart from that moment, is so <laughs> majestic. <laughs> well, no, 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 it, it is because like Landon Donovan story. gets a ton of attention, right? Because it's MVPs named after him. But who yeah. has a scoring record? Who's had longevity? Who's been, you know, there? And right. I, I continue. Sorry. Okay, I so well, I say all this. Um, last year. 2019 was such a weird year for me. I had um, come back to DC and silly me, I thought that the city would stay the same while I was gone. And I came back and it was totally different. I got out of this long-term relationship and I was just um, trying to put all of my ducks back in a row after just years and years of working on campaigns and um, literally never having a moment to myself. So I decided to take a couple of trips. I decided to put a little bit more time and effort into this Between Clean Sheets project. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up going on a ton of trips and a couple by myself. One of them was, like I mentioned, Minneapolis, St. Paul. And the other one, I think shortly after, was this trip to San Jose. <laughs> and I laugh because hindsight is just... Um, 2020. So I watched San Jose's game against Chicago where Chris Wondolowski, like, he walked right up to that door, uh, right up to the record and just like kicked the door down and then kept going, like scored so many goals in that game and absolutely crushed. And so I was so excited that he broke the record. Mm-hmm. And MLS obviously had that uh, social media push where they're like, hashtag Wando watch. It's uh-huh. over. And I'm like, it's not over. <laughs> He's setting new records. Like every new, like, every goal is a new record. Like this is happening. Right. This is great. But then I realized, oh, shoot. He's probably going to retire after this season. Oh, no. I've never seen him play at Avaya Stadium. I've never uh-huh. gone to a San Jose Earthquakes game. Like I have to go. I have to go. So I had um, obviously racked up so many so many airline and hotel points over the past couple of years and I thought this is this is basically free it's it would be stupid not to fly out there because they were having the June 8th celebration he's number eight they were doing this whole pre-game and halftime little ceremony for him they had all of these commemorative things that they were giving out and they had this huge banner uh, outside the stadium that had his all of his stuff on it picture number of goals whatever and so I flew out to San Jose and the stadium's right next to the airport stayed in a hotel right next to the airport I got myself some in and out because that's what every Californian dreams of when they don't have access to it <laughs> I showed up I was all by myself I had reached out to someone that worked in the front office and said hey can I take a tour of the stadium they took me on a tour of the stadium I brought my little camera I was just um I was consuming it all and participating mm-hmm. in it all and I believe it was before the game that they did the, this presentation uh of some gifts and an honoring of how many goals he scored they had little buttons for every goal he had scored leading up to 146 I think it was and then every button after that and I walked away from that entire experience thinking okay you might have gone like too hard (laughs) (laughs) 
Like maybe this might have been too weird, but hey, if he retires, which I'm pretty sure he will, you saw him play. Yeah. And it was not even a DC United game. They were playing Dallas and it wasn't even a good game. And Chris wanted to score once. It doesn't sound like once. a good game. Yeah, it was just, oh, it was, it was fine. Everything was fine. I was so glad to go. It was like a nice little weekend in San Jose. That footage is still sitting on my hard drive, waiting to be looked at and edited. Um, but end of the year rolls around, and I think to myself, okay, like that was that was a really great experience. I can cross that off the list of things. That's kind of like a bucket list item. Well, he announces he's coming back for another year. And I think, well, great. But also, <laughs> what was the whole point of that trip? Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> because oh. I could have just watched. I, I could have just waited until the next year when we had an away game there and made it like a yeah. DC San Jose thing. And so I felt like an idiot. And my whole fantasy league was making fun of me because they're like, that guy doesn't even know you. <laughs> Why are you acting like you guys are friends? And I'm like, I think just really love him. you saw. Oh man, so I have all the buttons. I got a scarf and I got the commemorative poster that's got again the like Chris Wanolaski fashion. He's yelling and he's got like a piece of gum in his mouth. Um so the idea is to I have have a friend who works for their like game day operations. Mm -hmm. And by friend, I mean loose acquaintance I met through Twitter who I message and just be super friendly to. <laughs> like if, you, if you're a little flirty, like maybe you can make it happen. I don't know. So the goal that is. Work for me. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Again, podcast versus video. Yeah, um, true. So I'm, the hope is I'll send it to him, get Wando to sign it, and then give it to my brother as a Christmas gift or birthday gift. So. That's awesome. Good yeah, because my brother did that for me um, a couple years ago. I love Kyle Beckerman, too. Um, I just mm. like his style of play, and I had played a similar position to his in high school. And yeah. so my brother just picked a really cool photo of him, sent it to Real Salt Lake, and was like, hey, my sister's a big fan. Will you sign this? And they signed it and sent it back. It was really, really nice. So That's cool. That's awesome. That's yeah. great. Yeah, and uh, I, I appreciate you for sticking around him because, you know, um, LeBron always uses this quote. I'm a LeBron aficionado. Um, just being from Northeast Ohio, we have the same area code. It's not a big deal. He always <laughs> quotes Teddy Roosevelt and the man in the arena. That's what he oh, talks about yeah. where, you know what, it's great to be ridiculed by fans and by pundits and all that. But the man in the arena, they're the one who knows. So Wando, um, we'll, we'll put that to bed. Okay, I'll put that to rest. I'm sorry I included that 2014 stat. No, it's okay. It's one of those things <laughs> I... Uh, I... I'm a crusader about it. So whenever yeah. I see it pop up in a tweet, I just, uh, I show up. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh, hey, let me, uh, let me remind you about all of the, the other things that make Chris Wondolowski great. So I will and say. And it's not like Landon though, was even there to play. He wasn't even there. So. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't even make the team. So <laughs> um, I will say that there was one podcast I was like very briefly put in touch with this girl was like, Oh, Hey, you should interview between clean sheets for a podcast. And I thought, Oh, fun. Um, they looked at my bio and were like, Chris Wondolowski apologist. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Well, they're, they're, they're obviously missing out because folks who've been listening. I'm I sure, know. Yeah, this is, um, this has been fun. So we're not saying that it, that wasn't a transition to say it's over, but they're, they're missing out. I'm glad that you, uh, you joined us instead. 
Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I've been talking forever. So what are your, what are your final thoughts? What you got? What you thinking? So we're going to do, do a few like just rapid fire kind of questions. Just, you know, brief, brief, quick answer. Give us your thoughts. Um, we came up with one here. So Wayne Rooney. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. I wrote a very specific joke for this. I said we have rapid fire questions, Ooh. not questions about the Colorado Rapids or Chicago Fire, but they're rapid fire questions. Excuse they're me. Quick. Okay. <sighs> I, I stomped all over your joke, Thomas. I'm sorry. Do you want to start again? Honestly, no, 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 when no, no, I'm no. filming We're videos. We're not editing this. <laughs> <laughs> we... Whereas you say you do all this work into like YouTube and editing, we don't do any of that. Oh, okay. We're just Thomas does the editing, which is basically just all right. Where did this start and where did this end? All right, submit. <laughs> oh, see, I'm like cutting out all of my breaths, my weird blinks, my like slight hesitation. I man, I take hours and hours. I'm like no breathing allowed, only talking. But no. one of them, you 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 said Chris Wondolowski's name odd, and you made it into like a joke, and you said it again. I thought that was a great part of your video. Oh, I think yeah. seeing people like <laughs> Brian and me, our 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 quote here is you know make mistakes because that's what people do. We just make mistakes. Good. I just made that up. All right, Brian. I'm Happy sorry. Happy little accidents. Their joke go. was horrible. Go ahead, Brian. I thought it was good. <laughs> All right. So uh, Wayne Rooney or Jaime Morales? You mean Jaime Moreno? Or Moreno. Javier Morales. No, Jaime, that's Jaime Moreno. I wrote the wrong thing. He gave me the I knew wrong, who I was talking the wrong about. question. <sighs> I'm going to say Wayne Rooney because I've seen him play live. So I haven't seen Jaime play live. Okay. Wayne Rooney, who we know best as the uh, Twitter feud with Jamie Vardy and his wife. Oh, geez. My favorite. That, I, I live for that drama. <laughs> And the, and the Instagram account was Rebecca yeah. Vardy. <laughs> I mean, what girl hasn't turned their like close friends list into like one guy that they want to talk to and want to make sure that they're seeing their videos or seeing their right. posts? Isn't that what everyone did on Snapchat when Snapchat was a thing? Yeah. <laughs> so that was super rapid fire. On to the next one. Toast. So our our good friend, former podcast guest Jordan Angeli, wants to know. What's your go-to karaoke song? Oh my gosh, uh, "Summer '69" by Brian Adams. Ooh. Yeah. On my first six into my fingers. Okay, yeah. I will. I will sing it if you don't stop me. So we should keep going. I'm uh, I'm all about Ice Ice Baby. Give me Ice Ice Baby on the at the karaoke. Ooh. Okay, <laughs> that's not bad. That's my go-to. Um. So. What would be your sports? We we used wrestling, but sports, baseball. What would be like your walkout song? Oh my! You know, of course. I think when I played softball in high school, I tried to be like cool about it. So it was "Africa" by Toto, nice. um, which is not cool. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's it's the a, it's song. cool, but it's that... not intimidating. So they're just like, "Who what? is this girl?" Like what? Well, it's played at the end of every crew match, so we're rather partial to Africa no by Toto. No way! I've never yes, lingered that around long enough to know that. Well, I think the MLS Cup was a uh, was a was an oh, MLS joint, so, so the production fast. the production was a little. It wasn't home production; it was an MLS production. Yeah. But if you come to an MLS match, which we ran out of there pretty quickly too, uh, if you come to a, a crew <laughs> match run by the crew folks, that's actually the, every uh, every match ends with that. 
I will tell you, I have been to a crew game every year since 2015. You have. I've been to Map Free for a crew game every year since 2015. And I'll tell you why. The drive from D.C. to Columbus, and again, I had to, I dated someone from Columbus for so long, I felt like it, any excuse to go out there uh, we took. But the drive is six hours. It's kind of long, but it's so beautiful. And Takes four hours through, of that like, is D.C. traffic, yeah. <laughs> no, once you get out of the GW Parkway, it's just like free-flying up the mountains through West Virginia. Yeah. I don't know. It goes by pretty quickly, so... All right. That or like a $40 Southwest flight, which I'll always take. So Absolutely. So do you miss the RFK Stadium raccoons? Oh, my gosh. I miss everything about RFK. Raccoons, <laughs> it's so weird. I don't see raccoons around this town ever. So when they, when they said there were some at RFK, I thought, like, I, I would see that stadium being full of rats. But raccoons, like, maybe we're just stepping our game up in terms of... Um, Nature right. and vermin. <laughs> vermin. <laughs> yeah. Stepping our vermin game up. So I have lived um, no more than about three, four miles from RFK the entire time I've been in DC. And it's a perfect like jog there, jog back. Um, when I was going to games there, I would walk or take the metro two, three stops. And unfortunately, so. I have begun conversations and friendships with DC United's front office and media team, just trying to help them cover mm -hmm. their bases a little more with uh, promoting DC United. And the other day we had a little like happy hour with Ben Olson and Steven Birnbaum, our captain. And um, I was asking, Hey, like, does anyone have access to RFK? Because I wanted to take some cute, like, Instagram influencer type photos in the stadium. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and they said, no, it is officially condemned. No one is allowed inside of it. <laughs> like <laughs> not even anyone from DC United is allowed to go in there. They're not allowed. Oh, so wow. I was like, well, there goes that dream. All right. So since you're, you said you're a soccer fan and you follow, obviously, and you follow players. Um, one debate we like to have Ronaldo or Messi. Ooh, okay. I'm going to say probably messy. Good answer. Because yeah. I sometimes um, appreciate the guy who just shuts up and does it a little bit more than uh, the guy who leads with his ego. Okay. So I feel like, yeah, I'm messy for sure. I like it. Landon Donovan or Christian Pulisic? Ooh, okay. I'm going to say Landon Donovan because I know the potential that Christian Pulisic has and I know what he's shown so far, but I'm not about to put that ahead of Landon Donovan's entire one of, career. One of the greats. And sure. also yeah. Christian Pulisic hasn't been to a World Cup yet. So That's true. He hasn't. Not yeah. to throw shade. I mean, I would have loved it <laughs> if they had made it. I want no. them to make, I want them to, I don't want them to like, not make it again and then only make it in 2026 because we're hosting. That would be my worst nightmare. Oh, no, he, yeah. he plays it. He plays at Chelsea. So throw all the shade that you want at Christian Pulisic. <laughs> that's, that's completely fine. Okay. When we talk about individuals, we're all about teams. 
<laughs> this is not a this is not a pro Christian Pulisic podcast. Um, <laughs> oh goodness, is it, where was not that written? An, I feel like no, I not an anti Christian. No, 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 no. We, when he's on the U.S. team, uh, when he's on the U.S. team, I love him. I just I just don't want him to score anything for Chelsea ever. Um, and then I added this last one to get another debate we like to have on this pod. Um, just to get out of soccer for a second, LeBron or MJ? Oh man. This isn't going to be rapid fire, but I have to preface this all by saying basketball is the one thing I don't pay attention to. Okay. And if you had said Kobe, I would have said Kobe because I grew up in California. And just even if you weren't a huge fan of basketball, everyone wore Kobe jerseys in sure. my, like middle school. I grew up in Florida and everybody wore Kobe jerseys here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone. So, everyone ever. But I'm going to say, despite the drama of him leaving Cleveland and coming back, I worked the convention in Cleveland in 2016 and spent like six straight weeks in Cleveland. And also, we did everything in the Quicken Loans Arena. Um, I think that what he's done for that city is really, really admirable. I guess I'll have to go with LeBron. And also, I haven't seen any of The Last Dance. So if there's something there that was supposed to have changed my answer, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry to the fans. (laughs) You got it right. You got it right. Uh, Cheyenne, thank you so much for joining us. Honestly, it's been been a blast. If you folks are out there and you have not um, been following Between Clean Sheets, you should first feel bad about it. And then second, use that guilt to go follow her on YouTube at Between Clean Sheets. And then on Instagram and Twitter at BTWN Clean Sheets, Man, which means you said it so well. Do you well, want to do the intro and outro it. for my videos now? I can do that. I can even do the. I can sing a jingle. Sing a jingle. Um, and also, <laughs> you have to do it in front of that like believe sign you're currently sitting in front of. I can. Sheets. Yeah, I can. I can clean. see that. I can do that. <laughs> All right. Even, yes. We even have a ring light. My my wife bought a ring light. Um, oh we're not influencers, gosh. but Bless we like heart. playing card games on uh, on which on Skype. We like playing card games with friends. So yeah, because like, she she's all about the lighting. I don't care. As you can see, I'm sitting here, and this is great for podcasts. Honestly, talking about what we can see, but I'm shrouded in darkness. Um, but no, if the she even asked me, do you want to use the ring light? And I said, no, I don't. I but, almost um, busted it out, but like I said, I didn't wash my hair before this, and I didn't want you guys to see. Uh, if you're asking where the raccoons from RFK went, they're probably like in my hair right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And on that note, thank you very yeah. much Shia, for joining the you're show. You're like ah, end, 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 end. <laughs> no, no, thank you for joining us. This has been this has been a treat. It's been a blast. No, thank thank you. y'all. This was fantastic. That was great. I mean, Brian, we've yeah. had some good interviews lately, but I mean, they just keep, they just keep hitting that same level of just like awesome right. people, awesome information, just getting to know these folks outside of what you see just online and in the presence they have. It's it's great to get to know these folks. So, I mean, we've, it's been a show. Sure has. Yeah. Let's it's, close it's, it out. Let's close well, it out. B- before we go. Just something, uh, you know, I thought we could bring up um, along a conversation around sex dolls. Um, so, you know, usually we hold this for our other podcasts. I'm glad we're, we're bridging Brian, the two. Usually that makes Brian and me after dark. <laughs> send us send us money on Patreon to get access to that Talk, one. The talking Brian and me. Yeah, like the talking dead and all that. 
So uh, I'd like to draw a real quick dichotomy, if you will, between two the way two clubs handled um, the lack of fans in the stands uh, recently with with soccer, football, however you want to say it. So first of all, on Sunday or Saturday, they played Saturday, uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, which is a fun name to say and should have been the team that I chose as mine just to get to say that name. Um, had actually cardboard cutouts of fans in the stands. So they allowed fans look it up. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. They allowed fans to buy to pay to put cardboard cutouts of themselves in the stadium, which we should absolutely do. Um and they could and all the money went to charity. Which I thought was like a really cool idea. I'd love to see other teams do that if you know, if we keep playing in front of empty stadiums like this is raise money, that kind of thing. They even let us uh, away fans buy them and they actually put them in the away fans section. <laughs> which I thought was was really cool. But to draw that in contrast with a Korean league, um, FC Seoul, they had um, what they thought were mannequins. Um, <laughs> they in, in they the, were mannequins in a way. Well, they're, they're a very specific kind of mannequins. Um, for those of you that you know ever saw a mannequin back in the day, and just really thought that it was it was great. Um, these were actually. God, are you talking about Anakin? Oh Lord! These are actually sex dolls <laughs> that were Ooh. that were <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that were <laughs> that were in the that they'd set up in the stands. Um, and I'd love to hear the conversation. Obviously, it would have been in Korean, but the conversation when someone figured out what was going on, what they were, and. Uh, oh my God, this is what we have in the stands now. Um, but they had to issue out a, an apology as you know, anything happens these days, we issue apologies, right? So I'm gonna just going to read you the apology real quick. Um, we are very sorry about the supporting mannequins that were placed during the game on May 17th. These mannequins, mannequins. <laughs> these mannequins may have been made to look and feel like real humans, but they are not for sexual use, as, conser- as oh. confirmed by the manufacturer from the beginning. Our intention was to do something lighthearted in these difficult times. We will think hard about what we need to do to ensure that something like this never happens again. So, Thomas, what were your thoughts when you saw this? Um, I don't want the team thinking very hard at all. I don't want them to... <laughs> Oh, God. oh, I have Brian. I have nothing to add to this. I think that the empty stands are, you know, outside of uh, the cardboard cutouts is great. Um, let's keep it two dimensional. How about that? That's where I'll leave it at. <laughs> I think that's a good call. All right. Oh, well, thanks. Uh, yeah, well, let's 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 call this a game. <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's a good place to wrap up. So. Thanks to everyone again for listening for our great interviews. Again, please go back. If you haven't check out the Jordan Angeli interview, check out any mm-hmm. of our other shows, all fantastic stuff. She really made us look great because she's a professional <laughs> and that's what she does. Um, you know, do the best you can right now. I know it's tough out there, you know, do the best you can to take care of yourself, both physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. Please wear a mask when you're out in public. Don't be that guy. Wash your hands, stay sh- socially distant. Speaking of being social, you can be social with us. Oh. That like that segue. That was Twitter. a hell of a twist, man! Hey. I didn't see that coming. M Night Shyamalan style. <laughs> Engage with us on Twitter. We're at Bryant and Me. 
you can interact with me and hear my dumb takes at pickle chips with an S. Replace the one, replace the eyes with ones. Easy for me to say. Uh, you can also hear Thomas's uh, brilliant takes at oh. one Thomas Costello. <laughs> um, you know, while you're hanging out, share this with your friends. Stay socially distant. You know, stay six feet on, feet from people on the streets and just shout at people that they should listen to our podcast. Mm-hmm. But just stay socially distant. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys are really the front lines. Share the episode. Talk to people. We really appreciate any time you can say something positive. Leave us a five star review. Yeah. On iTunes, you know, it helps us. It helps you to be able to find the show. Other than that, again, thanks and have a great night. Have a great day. Take care of yourselves. Yeah. Have a great night, folks. We'll see you later. Adios. Bye. Bye.